0: Welcome to Box to Box Football.
1: All right, welcome to Box to Box Football. Listen, we're not doing a Premier League preview this week because there are matches right now. We're in the international break and it's not even like a really good international break. It's kind of one of these like half-assed ones. So make sure you subscribe, follow, ring the bell. We got the banner at the bottom, you know, ring the bell, all that stuff. And uh, we got... Uh Stu and oh look who's here is your uh has your red card uh but your four Match or your four show red card been reduced to three here what, what Yeah
2: i i've finally made it back um i appealed Uh to both the u.s soccer federation and to kyle Uh and they allowed me back on the show if i read this statement so if you guys could just give me Uh one second to get this out there Ooh. My my apologies to the greatest living American ever, Christian Polisic. Christian has scored so much more on the national scene than Harvey Barnes, and I failed to mention that. I will also not mention the fact that Harvey Barnes, despite having similar career statistics, has never actually made the English national team, yet we pull up Pulisic as the greatest American footballer ever. But again, I promised I would not mention that fact. One of the other facts that I promised I would not mention is the fact that Christian Pulisic and Harvey Barnes are scoring at the same 3.7 goal per game average in the Premier League. The final thing that I promised that I would not mention is that I offered Kyle a bet to pay for a crew party if Christian Pulisic was able to play 40 games this season. I have never received a response to that offer to Kyle, but again, I promised I would not mention those things. I would only praise the greatest American footballer ever, Christian Pulisic. So, thank you for having me back, guys.
0: Welcome back, Mike. We missed you. That is for sure. Wow, <laughs> an apology.
1: That's great. That's amazing. Hopefully, Kyle's uh, listening and watching uh, this this uh, podcast. That bet's
2: gonna fall really flat if he's not.
1: Yeah, he's probably say he missed it, but uh cuz he was busy with uh you know high school soccer and stuff like that.
0: <laughs> well guys, we have uh, a lot to talk about on this podcast and we'll start with Sean's club Manchester United. So we surface earlier this week that the Glazers have shelved plans to sell Man U. This led to the club's valuation on the New York Stock Exchange plummeting by more than 500 million pounds on Tuesday. Neither Jim Ratcliffe nor Qatari billionaire Sheikh Jassim have met the Glazers' evaluation, which is over $7.5 billion. So we'll start with you, Sean. How concerning is this for you as a Manchester United supporter?
1: I mean, first, let me just preface this by saying that the English media is probably about as reliable as anything that would come from like the central intelligence like it just like there's a few people you know obviously Ornstein uh you know my guy Paul Hurst is very good with Manchester stuff um you know there's a few people 95% of it is clickbait 95% of that is you know there's certain teams obviously that get more Liverpool Manchester United is 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 a global club everybody wants to know what they're doing i i'll be honest after the shares tanked, I would probably actually be less worried because it's so, like there's nowhere, they don't have anywhere to go. They're boxed in at this point. Like it's just everything, everything they do is a disaster. They're boxed in, the club's losing money. There's no way the club's not worth 10 billion, it's not worth 8 billion, it's not worth 7 billion, it's not worth 6 billion. There's no like none of these clubs, no club in the world and any sport is worth 8 billion, 6 billion, 5 billion. If someone wants to pay it, I get it, but. You know, I just think a lot of it is like PR and stuff like this. There's just no way they they, they have to sell. I think they're just dragging it along, dragging it along to try to get the most they can out of it. Um, You know, it's not going to be Radcliffe. It's going to be the shake, um, you know, when they sell it Um, at some point. Uh, you know, the constant negative PR, like you just can't keep having neck PR hit after PR hit after PR hit. and not just PR hit, but just like, there's all this stuff going on around the club. Like they're just bad people. You know, there's some stuff about, you know, Anthony and stuff. They're just bad people. They're covering stuff up. They're just, there's just not going, it's not sustainable. So I, I just think at some point, I think some of it is, is paper to sell stuff. It's the same papers that said the club was sold, two months ago to the shake. So, like, you got to kind of take that with a, with a grain of salt. Like, you know, maybe the whole salt shaker. But, like, the club's a mess. I mean, whatever. But still, you know, once again, they're in the same exact position they were last year. Two wins from the first four games, into the international break, and then whatever. They just have to kind of just, you know, the, the the play on the field has to be better to kind of just, you know, stop from this, all this other stuff.
2: Sean, I I think it's interesting because I'm going to go toward the third rail here and probably pick up another red card. But if there's anything that Donald Trump has taught us, and it is someone that the Glazers support, by the way, Donald Trump, is that you can't be shamed if you don't have shame. And the Glazers have no shame. None. So all of this bad PR, all of these protests, all of this stuff that's happening around the club, you said it can't keep going, and the answer is yes, it can if you don't care. Because while it keeps going, Old Trafford is darn near at capacity every single match. While it keeps going, money keeps pouring into the club. Jersey sales keep going they didn't sell Mason Greenwood. They put him out on loan. It's not because no one would buy him. It's because they're going to try and wait and see if this goes away. They're going to do the same thing with Anthony. They're going to try and wait to see if this goes away. You can't be shamed if you don't have shame. And this Manchester United ownership group right now Shameless.
1: Yeah, but I—I'll I, I'll say this. I, I think you know. I mean, the NBA when Donald Sterling did that stuff, at some they stepped in and said, "Look, you guys aren't." You know, if they're covering up crimes, a, which there's allegations. But once again, yeah. you don't know what's going on. If they're doing that, they're sending doctors over there, and now they're saying whatever. If they're manipulating the stock market, which is you know the other guy down in South Lo- or North London just got dinged for. I mean this, this, this is. I mean, if you kind of look into some of the stuff that they're doing with the stock, because it's a publicly traded company at this point, yeah. You can't put this stuff out there and say there's a deal going to jack the price up to twenty six dollars, sell, and then say something, and now it crashes down to eighteen, buy, and then say something and sell. That's market. That's illegal. So at some point, like this stuff, like they can't they're almost backed into a corner once again, like they they have to sell if they don't sell and they just did this to, to they're going to be they're and going to be in trouble at some point with the with the securities and, and exchange commission and all these other things like I that's why I just think like, I just think they're a disaster. They don't yeah. know what they're doing. I, I think they'll sell at some point, but they're trying to squeeze every single cent out of it before they do. So you can't, at some point when you start, like you're saying, Mike, but then there's the other stuff. Like when you start covering up potential crime, when you start covering up crimes, when you start doing criminal activities, that starts to change the kind of thing. And, and the press will be relentless about that.
2: Well, it's kind of classic pump and dump, right? Like it's a term that's used here in the American stock market. And a lot of companies do it. It's just kind of like standard American business at this point. Right. Except you don't, you aren't the one who says, Oh, we're going to sell the club. We're going to sell this stock. We're going to sell this company. You just kind of leak it out and let it get out there and then don't really deny it. And then what happens is you said, Sean stock goes up to 26. I guarantee you the Glazers sold some of that stock at its top dollar before they came out and said, oh, never mind. It's not going to be sold. And then the stock crashes back down to 18, 17, whatever it is right now. And I guarantee you the Glazers are going to reinvest that money. It's how a lot of American business is done. And much like the Super League, the Super League was trying to Americanize the – Product to make sure that no matter what you do, you make profit. These are things that are illegal over there. That in America are really kind of standard business practices.
1: So now twenty percent, right? The stock jog twenty percent, right? So now they go out and they buy, they go buy back the stock at eighteen. Well, guess what? If just if 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 the shake buys it, he's gonna buy it not not at the twenty six that it was. It's gonna be thirty five. So now all of a sudden they. Made the money. It went back down. They bought back in it cheap because everybody's dumping it. And then they say, one last time, we're going to sell. And then when it sells, now they get the money from the stocks and they get the money from the sales and they get the money from this thing. So it's like, you know, it's to me, I mean. It just, I think it'll get sold probably in the next two months or month or who, who the hell knows. But it's just, it, it, it's going to get sold at some point. This is just, it seems to me like if you, like you said, you know, if you follow stocks, that's what's going on.
2: Yeah. And they've pillaged this club from the day they walked in. Yep. They didn't buy this club with their money. Nope. They bought the club and then immediately put the club in debt for the amount of money that they bought it for. Yep. I am not someone who has the most love in the world for Manchester United, but it is gross what the Glazers have done to this team. It is really it's three a shame. We have great fans and a great three history. Three
1: finals in four years, three champions finals yeah. in four years: two thousand eight, two thousand nine, two thousand eleven. With their hands tied behind their back. So yeah,
2: and I am interested to see if this sells um i think tottenham is now on the market as well with joe lewis and all the trouble that he is in and if the Sheikh just looks at manchester united and goes "eh," tottenham's close enough um then all of a sudden you've really got yourself a problem now because ratcliffe is the only one who could buy it and well i think ratcliffe would run this thing a hell of a lot better um, now, if you're the Glazers, you've kind of taken some of that money that's out there off the market. So I, I don't know. It's just it's gross American business. And it's it now being exposed on the world's stage and with the world's game with Manchester United, one of the most um, recognizable brands in the world. But American business. Boys, this is just standard days, standard operating procedure. That's
1: what I I think that had to. Ha- this is like if you're in Manchester, in you know how badly it's been run. Like now, the business people are starting to see it, and like e- like y- you're just like having just normal people like, what the hell is going on here? And you're starting to like everybody sees it now. Yeah, it's like this is I, I, this is eighteen years. It's crazy. Glazernomics.
0: Yeah. And I mean, as a Liverpool fan, like I see it from FSG and how much I don't like them and how much hate they get from the Liverpool fans. But this is nothing (laughs) compared to to the United situation. Like it's 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 an even worse situation. Um, I guess we could stick with United and more news from them as Jaden Sancho. He was left out of the United traveling squad to the Emirates this past weekend. Now, following the match, Eric Ten Hag revealed that Sancho wasn't involved because of before performance in training. Sancho then clapped back with a statement saying, quote, please don't believe everything you read. I will not allow people to say things that are completely untrue. I have conducted myself in training very well this week, end of quote. Now, rumors surfaced early Thursday that Saudi's Electifact were launching an 11th-hour bid to side Sancho. Both sides denied any rumors, and the winger remains at United at least for now, at least through uh, this first half of the season. Sean, is there any hope for
1: Sancho at United? I have two things, right? Now, this is now Pep Guardiola at City. Whoever was the Bundesliga manager, whoever was the manager at Dortmund.
2: Would have been Tuchel during his time. Yeah, Tuchel, Tuchel,
1: yeah. Uh, San- um Ole, Gunnar Solskjaer, Ten Hag, and southgate that have all said listen he doesn't practice the like he doesn't train like this is five people saying like remember he was at city and city said city sold him. he's very talented but city sold him, right so you know this is five managers now saying like listen he's not the best guy at training in the world so you know i'm probably i'm probably gonna say they're probably right the other thing is too. Look, I, I've seen him come back. Like he came back overweight last year, and they sent him out. They're like, "Listen, you, you got to go get your head right." You know, they said it was mental health and stuff like this. So you know, I, you got to tread lightly. But they sent him out, the train on his own. He came back. He's never a quick starter. He's always kind of a little bit lazy. He doesn't come back in shape. So you know, he was better in the second half last year. That's that's the first thing. The second thing is, look. You, you the at what point are we going to start saying, Erling Island is a freak, but like at what point are we going to start saying, the, this Bundesliga players come into the Premier League, they stink. Pulisic. We'll go Pulisic. Sancho. M- Mkhitaryan. Havertz. Kai Havertz. Warner. Werner. Like, I'm interested to see what Nkukudu. These guys do not, there's, if you watch a Bundesliga, they're, I mean, hey, they're very entertaining. Five, five, four, four, three. 4 Bayern wins the league. It's not competitive, all this stuff. The games are like a pickup game. When you come to the Premier League, this level of intensity, it's not like people come from Spain and can't hack it. It is a different level of play. The intensity is up here. At some point, you got to stop say, buying people from the Bundesliga for, for crazy money because they don't work you know, you got to start buying people from other places, but you know, he's just like, you can't just say that you can't throw your manager under the bus when like, whatever, like, no, it's not true. Well, okay. And then if he comes back and says, well, yeah, it's true. Like, I mean, there's other people that see there's 30 other people at training. Like somebody's going to tell you the real story. So like he's done, I mean, they'll sell him and probably, or they'll put him on loan, but he's not even like, Where's he going to play anyway? He, Rashford's on the left with Garnacho. He's not a center He's not a center forward. He's too slow. He can't start on the right. Anthony's going to be out, but they'd rather play Palestri there. He's probably younger and more hungry. I mean, he's just too slow. He slows up the play all the time. I just don't think there's a way back for him now at this point. But they'll sell him back to the Bundesliga or they'll sell him to, like, wherever, and he'll go there and he'll be all right. He's just not built for... England, and that's just whatever. I mean, it's just the Bundesliga stinks compared to thing, and you see it every single time. And once again, Holland is not—he's a freak. He's not like he was there for about ten minutes, but you know, he was—you know, whatever. He he could have gone anywhere. So I I don't know, but I don't know what you think about it, Mike. I
2: I think you're spot on, and I I was going to say, at what point are we going to start? really thinking about how they transfer negotiate with Bundesliga, because I think most of Diaby has been pretty good for Villa since he's come in. I think Diaby has been strong. De Bruyne had previous premier league experience, but he came over from Wolfsburg and kind of bossed it for Manchester city. Um, But you start to look at the list of guys that have come over from the Bundesliga and it's a wasteland of just, Talent that does not really get there and does not really produce. And it's fascinating to see how that market will correct itself from a Jaden Sancho perspective, Stu. You know what he reminds me of? He's James Harden.
0: Oh, yeah, that's a very that's a very good comparison. Yeah, especially with like Sean saying coming in overweight. That's that's a spot
2: comparison. His fitness isn't really great. Um, he, he, you wonder how much he loves the game, you know, as much as he's just good at it, and so that's kind of what he did. Um, same tactics with the media and things like that. Obviously, you said with the mental health stuff, first and foremost, you just hope he's okay because none of us know what we don't know, right? So, first of all, you know, you hope Jaden's okay because. A lot of times when these situations end poorly, these clips age poorly, and you end up feeling bad about things that you've said. So you hope Jaden's okay. So put that out there at the start. Now, coldly looking at it from a football punditry, how many people have to give up on him? Because now you have top-level managers. Guardiola told you, eh, I'm good. And Sancho was part of that team, where a lot of these guys from City came up and actually played. You know, he played with Phil Foden in that City Academy. And he kept a Foden around. He's kept a rico Lewis. He kept Cole Palmer for a while before he sold him for an exorbitant amount of money. They sold Sancho to Germany for like five million. It was just like, yeah, we're we're good. We're we're done here. Check, please, you know. And you hope he can kind of put the wheels back on, but yeah, Sean, I'm with you, Turkey, Saudi Arabia.
1: Let me, I want to to go even further with this. Let me ask you a question right now, because when you talk about foreign players in the Premier league, right. The ones that succeed to me, a lot, a lot of the ones that have, and and I'm not talking about like Eric Cantona and like 30 years ago, but like more like the last eight, eight years, 10, whatever, eight, eight years, six years, something like this. Who, 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 the best ones, who who are they? You know, like, you know, you said De Bruyne from, from Belgium. And so, you know, I I would go out on a limb and say probably 70% of them are, you know, city guys, right. In a system where city has the ball 80% of the game. They're not pressured. They're not this stuff. They can knock the ball around. It's the way city plays. I mean, when you start to think about some of these other guys that have come into these other clubs and, like, not really Anthony Martial, like, some of these guys that have been, like, high, you know, Martial was a golden ball winner. I mean, he he was big time, right? Even Anderson was a golden ball winner going back to 2008. He was okay, but, like, these guys come up, and it's just, like, I don't think they're used to the speed of play in the Premier League, and it's just a lot of them struggle, and, you know, they, some of them have pretty good careers. Well, like, who's a star? Like, there's a, the, the, there's not a lot of stars that come from these other places. They're in system, like, solid. Um, You know, but that team, once again, like... It's and a, came
2: up through a Premier League Academy.
1: Came up through a Premier League Academy. Press, 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 press. They had the ball out of the game. Like, these other teams, you know, some Brighton, you know, Alexis McAllister, whatever, because these guys... Same thing, it's the same style of play, they're not really pressured. They have they're the ones putting the pressure on them, so I it's interesting to me. I mean, when you start to think about it, like you know, you know, the the West Ham's and the you know, the Aston Villas and some of these other clubs, they're built on a majority of these players that are that are English and you know, or from the islands.
2: Yeah, I've got a list for you here that I want to run down by the way. This is the top 10 Premier League transfers from Bundesliga. You tell me how many of these guys have worked out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Leroy Sané from Schalke to Man City. Meh. Sebastian Haller from Eintracht Frankfurt to West Ham United. Sold him after a year.
1: And he went to Ajax and dominated because that yeah. league is, you know,
2: yeah. Timo Werner from Leipzig to Chelsea. Stinks. Holland, obviously, we talked about. That's its own thing. De Bruyne, same thing. We mentioned success there. Number five, Stu Naby Keita, fifty-five million oh from RB God. Leipzig to Liverpool. Oh my
1: God! Yeah, never got wild. up to speed. Yeah.
2: Number four, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang from Borussia Dortmund to Arsenal.
1: He was okay, but Arsenal was the seventh, place, eighth, place all the time, they so never won. You know, he won a couple FA Cups, but he was never anything special.
2: Pulisic, Dortmund to Chelsea. Terrible. Kai Havertz, Leverkusen to Chelsea. Terrible. And then Sancho. Dortmund to Man United. Terrible. It's crazy. So, and they have another young player over there, by the way, in Germany now, Florian Wirtz, who everybody's drooling over. And probably this summer is going to be the biggest money guy that moves.
1: And I wonder if the English clubs are going to look around and kind of take a second look and city. say, hey,
2: wait a minute here.
1: You know, you, unless you go to City when you're under no pressure. I mean, you have to, or Brighton, you know, you you got to be, you can't come to a club like, you just can't come to a club like Casemiro's come to Manchester United and been okay because he came from Real Madrid. He's playing at the top level. He yeah. knows what it's like. I mean, plus Spain is. I I, I will go. I, I, I keep saying like Spain and England are by far, and I, I know Italy did really well last year, but that I, we'll see if that was like a one off. I know they're you know that I would say they're probably third, but like these leagues are so much better than these the Germany and 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 Italy and you know Portugal it's not even close the level of play is not even close and that's why when someone says the MLS is going to be competitive with the Premier League come on man like you the the Bundesliga like come on man like they're it's forty years away. It's forty years away. The Premier League's been around for a hundred years. They're forty years away. They're not even close. Like I told you one time on this, I forget. I wrote a story about it, and I I asked my guy Emmett Austin, awesome, you know, what level was the 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 MLS, and he compared it to the Conference League. This the the the, the Conference like the, the 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 below League One, right? Yeah. People killed like people actually killed him. Like this was ten years ago. They killed him, and then like, like you know, may you know, maybe League Two. It's you know, maybe it's a League One now. It's nowhere close. Yeah, and it's not an indictment on the MLS. It's just if you could enjoy watching MLS games or watching the Bundesliga, the Bundesliga games are pretty fun. The league is nowhere near as good as the Premier League. It's not even close.
2: Now the the only thing I'll say about the MLS point to to kind of bring this one home is. Remember this summer, MLS All-Stars against Arsenal. Arsenal won 5-0 playing a lot of backups. Yeah, there you go.
1: Not, yeah. Manchester United used to win that game like 7 nothing. Like It's yeah. just like it's embarrassing. Like, it is what it is. You know, you, once again, I, I don't bash the MLS. I, you can enjoy watching the MLS game. But, you know, it is it is what it is. But, uh, you know, Stu, I don't know what what, you know. What your thoughts are there?
0: No, I'm I'm with you. I, I enjoyed the Bundesliga those few weeks, uh, you know, after you know the pandemic <laughs> when it was the only league back, and it was that was great. Like, I was like, okay, this is fun. And then Premier League came back, and I was like, that's that's about it. Other than uh, Dortmund Bayern, that's pretty much all you're gonna get from me at this point.
2: But again, Stu, we're, like we're all sports heads here, right? Like Sean, you wrote forever. You know, we all like doing high school football, right? Yep. Doesn't mean high school football is the NFL sure is not
1: or you know i mean even you know you go even further you know i you know, i do mercer county games i mean look yeah. the games are com- I'll, i always say you know whatever sport it is football soccer whatever the games are competitive
2: mm-hmm.
1: but they when i say competitive i don't mean they're good i mean i just think they're competitive or they they i i i say my two words are competitive and entertaining yeah just because it matches I, I I you know I watch these the I love the French League matches on, on Monday nights I'll watch BN Sports and they'll they'll show the, the you know the best match of the weekend and it's five four i mean it's a crazy match, but the, the I mean that sometimes the defending is comical, but they're very entertaining matches, you know, and it's you know it's I I, I like watching it, but you know, it's just not like you know, it is what it is.
0: Nowhere near the Premier League. Uh, We'll we'll go to Liverpool where the Saudi Pro League transfer window has closed and Mo Salah is staying with the Reds. The 31-year-old remains at Anfield after an offer from El Atiyad at a reported 200 million pounds. Now, according to the Athletics' David Ornstein, interest remains on both sides for a future move and there are good relations between all parties involved. Now, to me, this definitely reads as, okay, Salah stays at Liverpool through this season, Next summer is where we see something happen. Probably not for that $200 million pounds, probably for, let's say, maybe low $100 million, something like that. But I do definitely feel like this is the last we're going to see of Salah at Liverpool, and they're going to get that money and then reinvest it into some younger talent. Mike, what do you think?
2: You guys are going to hate me for this. This isn't going to be popular. Stu, how'd you build that Champions League winning team?
0: Well, I mean, Sala was a very big part of it. He was,
2: but Sean, how did they build it?
1: They sold Coutinho. Oh, Coutinho.
2: yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Coutinho money bought them mine. and, and sala
1: Yeah, I can't believe they turned them with two hundred million down. They got to be. Th- I can't either. Idiots! I'm going to say
2: that. Take the money. That's two hundred million dollars. Is a lot of money. Million dollars. Like
1: 200 million pounds. That's like that's like two hundred eighty million dollars. Like. Yeah. You could go buy five players with that.
2: Yeah, five good players. And it. I think they could have stayed afloat long enough. You know what I mean? Like Diaz, Gakpo, like they had enough stuff to get to January where they could have, you know, still been competitive and figured it out. Um, I mean, I I get it. They won a Champions League, right? Like it's uh, emotions are a real thing, but. Stu, the only thing you got to do to get in the Champions League is win Europa. You could have gotten through the group stage in Europa and advanced to that elimination round at worst, around the 16 at best with the squad you have now without Salah. And they could have really reinvested that money well. Like With the exception of a player or two, Liverpool does actually invest in the club pretty well in terms of they usually get it right when they buy guys. Man, I, Sean, I think I would have taken it.
1: Oh, listen! If this was Mike, if this was the Glazers first of all, the Glazers 100% would have taken it. Um, I'd have taken but 50. like you got like, I mean, you you got like you have attackers. You have, you know, you bought Gagpo, you bought Darwin Nunez. Like you spent all this money on them. Like you got to trust them at some point. Like, look, I, I don't think. You know, I, they're not – I don't think they're going to win the league. I, I just – I look, I'm be honest, like, I told somebody today, someone asked me if they should bet Orson, and I was like, look, I'm going to – I'll be honest with you. I don't think City – like, there's a chance – I say this every year, but I honestly think there's a chance City does not lose a game in the Premier League this year. I think that's – like, what else is there to do? Like, if they went through and broke the record of the Invincibles and had 110 points, whatever it is. So, you know, they could win – once again, they could win the Europa League. You know, you can invest – in January, maybe they sell him in January. Maybe they see where they're at and they're like, "Listen, we're 15 points behind City. We're not going to win the league. We're in the Europa League knockout stages. We sell him, let him go, reinvest the money. Maybe they do something like that." But I mean, I, I, I would have taken. He's 31. You know, I, how how much long is he going to be there? So, but like, you know, now you kept him. Listen, I mean, now, a he's got to play. Right, he's gonna be playing every every day. So now you got, you know. I hope he doesn't get hurt. You gotta, but now I mean you got, you know, Gakpo, uh, Nunez, Diaz, uh, the other kid, Delta, Yota, Yota you, yeah. You, now you got five, six attackers all trying to get play. Salah ain't coming out of the lineup. You just kept him. You didn't sell him for two hundred. He ain't coming out. So now you got two other spots for these five guys. So you know it's interesting it just you know i don't know you know sometimes they they tell players listen we're gonna buy you because we're gonna sell somebody next year and you know you're his replacement and all of a sudden it doesn't happen and you're like oh what yeah. the hell like you told me i was gonna be so i i don't know i i you know now you got to go out and and uh, do it on the field. So until uh, until the next window opens, and maybe they sell them next window, maybe they sell them next 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 summer.
2: And that's the the last thing that I would keep an eye on there, Stu. Is I wonder how much Klopp had to do with this in terms of going. Listen, this is it for me to let's give it one more run, and then next year when you do the whole squad refresh, you know, fine, bring in Julian and Nagelsmann and let him sell Salah for 100 million or whatever it is and let them kind of build the squad. This it, it I I'm going with all the cross sport references here that our listeners in Europe aren't going to get is, at all, but it it felt like when the Phillies kept the 08 team together too long and they were terrible for 5 years because of it. This sport moves quickly. And I don't know if Liverpool is evolving quickly enough to be able to keep up with this sport right
0: now. Yeah, I mean, they, they showed that last year, right? I mean, last year, the team was just so, so old, especially in that midfield and defense. Like, you, you've, it really showed last year. The year before it didn't, but the year last year was like the wake up call where they just didn't invest quick enough. They invested in one guy, Tiago, who was 30 when they bought him, they invested in one guy in like four years in the midfield. And that's how it, you know, came back to bite them.
2: But, I Sean, you, you talked about the bad PR that Manchester United's going through right now. Is part of this just FSG doesn't want the bad PR of being the ones to sell Salah?
1: Eh, you know, maybe they just said, look, just give us one more year or something like this. You know, it's it's interesting. You know, I I say this. I've, I started saying this maybe about two years ago because Manchester United has, you know, the, the kid Manu who's injured right now. Uh, but he he's a, he's a monster. My my uh, when you go to Manchester in the Manchester in Piccadilly Gardens, there's a big market. It used to only be on weekends at Christmas time, but now there's this market. And the person who bakes these really cool brownies and cookies and stuff like that it's it's her nephew. So Mainu is you know he's 17 years old. He's a monster. He's going to be whatever. He's going to be Casemiro. Um, and Casemiro's replacement They have a kid called Shea Lacey coming up They have some other kids coming through I've always said like look Nobody's beating Manchester City Like as long as Pep is there not, But Pep is not going to beat Now Gareth Southgate all of a sudden is stepping down In England hey, There's a lot of talk about Pep Maybe taking that England job Because he's settled in England Maybe he wants another challenge Stuff like this I don't know how you know what There's not much more for him to win at Manchester City at this point Um, You know, especially if they, you know, win three more trophies this year. Um, So I always say, look, you have to be building a team to compete for the Premier League title probably in like two to three years. There's no like you're not beating Manchester City. Like Manchester United, Liverpool, they're not good enough to beat Manchester City. And if you're not if you're not finished ahead of City, you you can't win the league because cities there's no chance City finishes less than second. Right. So. You have to build your squad to be there and be ready to compete as soon as Pep leaves and as soon as some of these players and these older players start aging out. Maybe Erling Haaland goes to Real Madrid next year because Mbappe stays. He's got that clause, whatever. So, you know, if you sell them and you start buying younger players now, you can start to build those that team that could maybe refresh and, and, and be competitive in 2025, something like this. I that that's what I that's always been my Manchester United, Liverpool, Tottenham, you know, as as good as they are. Like at some point they're gonna get found out. These teams, you know, obviously Brighton, these teams are all trying to compete now. I think building squads to be there, you know, in two years when city starts to come back to earth a little bit, if they do. At some, look at some point that whole house of cards is coming down too because that whole investigation like you, you can't have 115 charges plus another 100 pending at some point not get in trouble like something's gonna happen so like you know I just think you have to be there and be ready so that money could have really helped that but maybe they have it maybe they said look stay till this year and you're you know whatever you will let you go like they did with Ronaldo back in uh, 2009
0: makes sense. Uh, the shortlist for the 2023 Ballon d'Or was announced on Wednesday. Now it is a 30-player list. We're not going to go through all 30 players, obviously. But Leo Messi and Erling holland they are the massive favorites to come away with the honors. No Cristiano Ronaldo for the first time in 20 years as well of note. Mike, can you see
2: anybody else winning this award other than Messi or Holland? No. Um Everybody's competing for third place. But i think in terms of third place there there are a couple of interesting players i actually went through i saw one that i thought wow you know he has had a hell of a year and it's Rodri for for manchester city uh you know scored the champions league winning goal um what was it in 21 scored the you know was there with gundawan scored that game tying goal gundawan scored the 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 winner um can anyone beat them no no is the answer. I don't even think Holland can beat Messi because um, Ballon d'Or is a PR award, right? And nobody's had better PR than Messi this year. Um, and Messi deserves it. Congratulations. You know, give him his flowers. He he won his world cup and what have you. And that's okay. Holland's going to win plenty of these things, uh, but anyone compete with either of them? No, <laughs> I, I, I hate to give such a boring answer, but
1: no. the, the, the problem with the, First of all, the the problem with the Ballon d'Or, like you said, it's a PR thing. When, you know, it didn't win... Here's the thing. They're going to give it to him because of the World Cup, right? Because PSG stinks. Like, they, they, what did they win? And, you know, they went out in the round of 16. So he won the... Well, when Iniesta won the World Cup in 2010 and played for Barcelona... or the Euros in 2012 and played for a Barcelona team that scored 100 million points and all this stuff, they gave it to Messi. Like... That year, they extended the vote because Ribery was going to Ribery <laughs> should have won because Bayern Munich won everything, and then yep. they extended the vote, and then Ronaldo won. Like
2: that's my it, favorite scandal of all it, time. It's
1: like it's like come on, man! Like Iniesta should have had one. Ribery should have won one. And look, I you know I, I I'm a huge you know obviously Ronaldo when he you know he, he won when he played for Manchester United and stuff like that. But this awards a, at this point is it, it's a little bit of a joke. Holland scored fifty. What did he score, 52 goals in 53 games? 56 goals in 57 games. 56 goals. Look, when Messi scored 92 goals that year, it was just a freak. Like, nobody won. City -City has never won anything. They never won the Champions League. They won the Super Cup. They won the Champions League. They won the Premier League. They won the FA Cup. They're going to win the Club World Cup. He's going to win five trophies this year, and he scored 56 goals. Holland should win it. He's the, he was the best player. Messi was like half the time. Messi didn't even want to play for PSG, right? He didn't want to play. And, you know, but for a penalty kick, I mean, you, you know, if, if France won that, what, are you giving it to Mbappe this year? Mbappe, Probably. If, if, if France won, if, if France won that world cup, who's winning the Ballon d'Or this year, Holland or Mbappe? Holland, right? It's not even close. Holland, Holland's a runaway, right?
2: I I mean logically he should be, but Mbappe, you know, three goals to bring France all the way back and a goal
1: in the shootout. Like he's like my favorite strong case for Mbappe off of one game. But I I, I just think I just think you can't, you know, Messi didn't do anything for PSG. He didn't even want to play. Like there is a lot of stuff going. Like he was so he didn't show up, he didn't want to play. They won the World Cup, he came back, he didn't want to play. He got his transfer. He went to Inter Miami. He's been unbelievable there. But once again, it's like a freaking Martian playing with babies or something like. It's just, there's no comparison, right? So, like, I get it, but I don't know. I Holland's the best player. I give yeah. it to, Holland. Won the UEFA award, so you know, whatever that that that's cool. But uh, I, I, you know, it, it's. They're gonna. And Messi. I mean, obviously, Messi will win. Well, I'll, I'll end my side. Messi will win it. Holland should win, I think. And I look. I'm the biggest. I don't. City couldn't be bothered. Well, I mean, you know, they, they won the treble. And yeah. he's never done. They've never done it before. City's never had a Ballon d'Or winner. Like I don't know. I mean, I'm trying to think if Colin Bell ever won or anything. I don't think so. <laughs> Manchester. But- but it's just, it, it back in the day, it used, you know, George Best. What the the best players used to win. Now it's just PR, and it's like, you know, it's just become like another thing.
2: It, it's PR, and it's the best moments. And Holland, in all those fifty six goals, never really had a defining moment, right? Yep. If Holland had the goal that won Champions League, maybe this is a different discussion. Holland wasn't even in the World Cup, you know. It's it's a moments award. It's a PR award, and Messi's were just bigger.
1: I'm just looking at a thing right now, by the way, on this uh, the Ballon d'Or, and and the this, the story right next to it is by Jeff Carlisle, who's a basically propaganda guy for the. Can Burhalter really lead the U.S. U.S. Men's National Team to its best World Cup? Like, come on, man. I mean, no, they're not going to the semifinals for this. Guy. No, like, I just. I, I know we're going to talk about these national team games and stuff like this. It's just come on, man. Like,
2: <laughs> I, I look, I'm, I'm contractually the, obligated here. It's the only way I was allowed to return to the I'm show.
1: Not so. the, I, I, I look, I don't really care about that. Like if the U S is playing, I'll watch it. Obviously I've been to games. Like I want them to win. I, it's, it's not like I'm a Manchester. I don't really care about club stuff. Like whatever. I'll watch the euros. i watch the world cup, but like, they put, like, no, like, I, I just, they, how could you put this guy back in charge?
0: Oh, it, it definitely seems like we are in our Around the World segment, uh, Kyle Franco's favorite segment of the show. So I guess we will talk about these uh, Euro 24 qualifiers for just a little bit as they resume Finland. They beat Kazakhstan 1-0. They are now a Top Group H with 12 points out of a possible 15. Denmark won 4-0 over San Marino. Christian Eriksson had three assists in that one. Slovenia won 4-2 over Northern Ireland. In this one, Johnny Evans scored a goal as well as an own goal. So two for him, one each way. Lithuania drew with Montenegro 2-2. Hungary beat Serbia 2-1. France beat Ireland 2-0 behind goals from Chuameni and Marcus Thuram. Netherlands beat the Greece 3-0, goals from Gakbo and Veghorst. And Poland beat the Faroe Islands 2-0, a brace from who else but lewandowski I uh, will start with you, Mike. Any thoughts on these uh, Euro 2024 qualifiers?
2: You know, it, it's it's always fun to root for the underdog, but when you're at this stage of the tournament and this stage of the qualifiers, no. You know, like, Faroe Islands isn't going to beat anyone. You know what I mean? Like, a lot of these countries are, you know, it, it's cool, and this is their kind of one-shining moment to maybe pull off one upset Um but American sports is is designed for that one upset, right? For, quote-unquote, the Faroe Islands to be the Cinderella of the tournament, make it to a Sweet 16 sometime. But in these tournaments, no, they, they all get put out in the wash. Right now, we're we're just kind of going through motions of, of a lot of these international matches.
1: You know what the funniest thing is about, you know, that you said, like, it, it, during the NCAA tournament, everyone roots for, you know, hey, man, the upsets, the upsets, yeah. This 12 seed, the 15 seed, like 19 of the last 25 seasons, a number one seed has won the tournament. It's all like, I know last mm-hmm. year was like a little bit of an anomaly, but UConn was, you know, unbeaten. They were the last unbeaten team and they were like number one in the country at some point, you know, early in the season. So like, every- I think everybody likes underdogs to a certain point. Like, I don't- I-, I-, I, like I wouldn't want to see like the Faroe Islands and Greece being a final. Like, I, I want to... I- Look, when Greece beat Portugal and Portugal for five, I thought that was cr- that was great. You know, it happens every once in a while. You know, but you know the, the the these Euros. You know, when you look at the odds for Euros, there's none of these teams are there. It's France, England, you know, Spain, maybe Belgium. They're getting old, but hey, the, the teams that are going to be there every once in a while, you get a Wales that gets through to a semifinal, and it's like a great story. But you know that final was was portugal and france um yep. you know france you know won won the you know france won the world cup against croatia croatia got to the final there. You know, the tiniest country in the world they got to a semifinal it's a great story they have really good players um you know i one of the teams i you know the, the, down the list uh, north macedonia is playing um italy and uh, you know, obviously, that was one of these huge upsets. And
2: yeah, that's a revenge match, oddly enough.
1: They knocked him out, and then North Macedonia got beat. Um, but you know, North Macedonia is getting better. I, the one thing I want to say, because North Macedonia beat Germany a couple years ago, uh, the one thing I will say that's been good for these teams is the Nations League, because mm. the 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 Group A teams play, the Group B teams play, the Group C teams play, the Group D team. You know, when you're the Faroe Islands or you're Gibraltar, or these San Marino, or these Liechtenstein, um, Luxembourg, you know, Liechtenstein or Luxembourg, one or the other, they're they're getting a lot better because they're playing competitive games against teams around their level, and they're getting a chance to win some games and score some goals, and then they get a chance to move up, and all of a sudden you're playing against a Greece or a Turkey who's come back down to level three, you know, the 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 C group. And you're getting better and you're getting better. And 10 years from now, you know, it's going to be something. It's going to be competitive. You're the nation's league around in, in CONCACAF tries to do it, but you know, St. Kitts and Nevitz has about 12 people. They don't even, they have enough people to put 11 on the pitch. And then someone's going to like cook at halftime or something like this. Like, these it's 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 not the same. But. Oh
2: please, Sean! You you put England through a CONCACAF qualifier and see what they would do.
1: Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I know exactly. I don't think they'd give up a goal, and they probably score about a hundred. <laughs> <laughs> like, I mean, these teams, and it's the same in South America. You know, there's there's only, you know, there's not every South American country doesn't have. You know, there's some of the small countries up in the in the in the northeast that don't have. That don't get in but you know the 11 that do I mean they beat the hell out of each other you have to earn your way and this I mean the the yeah. the Copa the Copa tournament that's coming up you know you have to these games are brutal they beat the hell out of each other to qualify for the World Cup they beat the hell out of each other you have to qualify I mean it's good seeing some of these and then you know these teams then they come into the the these qualification games. You know, when you see, you know, Albania tying 1-1 with the Czech Republic, which is a pretty good result for Albania. And you see Montenegro and Lithuania 2-2. And you see a Hungary who used to be good. They are down for a little while. Now they beat Serbia, who's been a pretty good team for the last Mm -hmm. year. You have a Finland who's leading a group. Finland, not known for, you know, they're a big hockey country. They're not a, you know, footballing nation. All of a sudden, you know, they're leading a group with, You know, Northern Ireland, who's been good. Slovenia, uh, who's been to the World Cup and been to the Euros. Denmark, obviously, who's been good. You know, Finland's right there to qualify. So I think, you know, some of these teams are getting better. I like to see that stuff. But at the end of the day, I want to see France play. I want to see, you know, England play teams like that.
0: Yeah, that's hard to argue. I think that's where we'll wrap up the show for today. We will be back on Monday with another edition of the show. Still international break, so we'll grind through the international break, get you all the way to match week five, which will be the following weekend. Subscribe on Apple Podcast, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a five-star review and comment on the episode as it helps the algorithm out. Tell your friends, follow Box to Box Football on Twitter slash X. That's Box to Box, F-T-B-A-L-L. Follow Box to Box Football Pod on Instagram, and we will see you next time.